welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 111 for the 10th of July, 2009. Well, hi there, James. How are you doing? Not too bad, Ian, and welcome to On The Couch Podcast 111, one, or is it 111? Indeed. Or 111, or, <laughs> or hundred combinations. And 11, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's quite a cool, it's palindromic. It is, definitely palindromic. Mm. In fact, even in the last week, there was uh, a date of 07, 08, 09, mm-hmm. uh, and if you uh, get your watch at the right time, you could actually say that it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh nine, or something. I did see some geek photo yeah, of someone doing something that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it was just the time. I don't know. Oh, no, it's the date as well. Oh, five, eight, oh anyway. Okay. Um, so <laughs> enough about uh, random dates. Uh, we're on the couch, which is all about what's happening in the world of broadcast and entertainment technology news. Mm. Well, we normally cover and stuff like uh, business news, technology news, uh, what's happening in content delivery. I've got a bit of mobile news, haven't been doing any gaming, mm-hmm. and weird stuff. Yeah, another weird stuff, which we have a pretty cool story, so you'll have to hang around mm. until the end. I've found it Indeed. pretty funny. About half an hour if you haven't listened before. Yeah, so, pretty quick. Um, pretty quick. So, and we do do it in one take, which I think is quite remarkable is most of the time. So, <laughs> That's um, right. So, uh, starting off with our business news... Yes. Um, a bit of background about the situation in the US and regarding uh, mm. cable boxes uh, in the US, um, yeah. where um, for a long time it's been the the goal to get uh, to get everyone to the position where you could take your cable box, uh, buy buy go go to a local retailer, buy a cable box, uh, plug in your cable card that matched your cable provider, and away you go. Mm. Uh, so that you, well, can, you say that, I think it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because you know, I don't. Is is the bill in the cable in the US? Maybe one of our listeners can tell us. Is the actual bill divided into re- box rental and service? Yeah, no, it is. You, you pay a certain amount per month for the rental of the box as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was to uh, allow a retail model, but also allow you to take your box from one provider, plug it in uh, when you've moved house, and swap cable cards and and again. Well, don't they? Don't you have to rent the cable card? I don't know if you have to pay for the cable card. Well, the, no, this is just a bizarre, it's like an over-regulated thing. Basically, yeah. if you want any kind of service, they give you a box. And yeah, of course, the cost of supplying the box is mm-hmm. included in the service. In somewhere think, or other, know, yeah. And I think, it, you know, it harks back to the analog days mm-hmm. when, you know, essentially it was a bit of hardware yeah. and there was really no ongoing maintenance. But now these things are software powerhouses and you've got to spend a lot of money supporting the software. Yeah, so that's true. You should be paying a rental fee or a support fee or something. Well, the story um, here is about uh, mm. the uh, the state of West Virginia suing Comcast uh, because they right. believe that Comcast is tying the cable box to their service. Now... Um, and this is because the advanced services won't work on the standard cable card, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, and I actually think fair enough because if you've got um, some fancy HD box with uh, a big hard disk and all that kind of stuff, then, you know, there's going to be things you can do on that box that you can't do on a, on a lower end well, I mean, box. You and I know, Ian, I mean, standards take forever, don't they? Mm-hmm. But certainly, you know, agreed international standards, which obviously the cable card is one of those. So there's no way that they can keep up with innovations mm. in software yeah. and services. 
Um, I mean, even and if they were to legally tie that back, you're going to really constrain businesses. I mean, this is, I guess, the whole point of this legislation about cable card is to promote competition for supply. Yeah, but it, it promotes a different type of competition. You're right. It's about competition between um, mm. suppliers, not between providers and, and innovation in terms of services and so on. I mean, yeah. even the cable card standard and, and OCAP, or now true two-way, has been at least 10 years in the making. Uh, so you can imagine that technology's come a long way in 10 years. Yeah, yeah. But also, I mean, a lot of people don't actually have a choice. Mm. Um, certainly if you, I mean, most people, most countries in the world, in fact, for cable, mm-hmm. you you just, there's only one cable company that serves you because essentially yeah. they've got a franchise or a right. Um, and maybe not everyone can say, oh, but you could go to a satellite provider. A lot of people can't do that because they're living in apartments or That's whatever, true. renting or all this kind of stuff. So, mm. Mm. so we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah. So moving on to technology, you've got a story oh, oh, about... Well, while you're there, I just mm. saw another little story yet okay. about um, TiVo apparently has done a deal with Best Buy. Oh, really? To do a TiVo branded, I guess it must be a terrestrial uh-huh. um, set of box. Or unless they're doing, they could be doing a cable box, I suppose, couldn't they? Yeah, there, there is a TiVo cable box. Yeah, but this may be one which you can whack in a um, you know uh, a cable card or something. I haven't heard much about that, but I just mm-hmm. thought it was interesting that TiVo's going retail, um, mm-hmm. but in a branded format, so they're just trying to pimp the brand about. So. Well, it does have a good brand. Like, everyone knows that it's, uh, I mean, it's almost an expression to TiVo something. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's cool. Mm, good for Zam. Um, other news in the technology sector. Sorry to pimp your story yeah. there, but... Um, the VideoLAN um, player, um, VideoLAN client, alias VLC, has come of age. It has gone 1.0. So what is VLC? What does it do? Well, I remember first using this, um, I don't know, four or five years ago, mm-hmm. um, looking to, basically, it was an, it's an open source, multi-platform uh, media player, which could... Originally, it could transcode and stream, mm-hmm. uh, but essentially, it's turned into a kind of a almost like a media can opener where you could use it to <laughs> pretty much if, if you couldn't open it without downloading lots of weird things, you could probably open it with um, VideoLand right. or VL, VLC as right. it's become known. Um, and it's a pretty damn good thing, actually. I mean, you That's can play DVDs cool. with it, you can do all sorts of things. So, I must admit, uh, at seeing your uh, the link in your show notes here, I downloaded VLC version 1 and it certainly does do lots of funky stuff. So you hadn't heard of it before? Um, I'd heard of it, but not in terms of um, playing playing content, more in terms of streaming content because it actually plays mm. out content onto a network as well. So it's often used as a test tool for, um, for VOD sessions and things mm. like that. I remember in early days looking at some early IPTV systems and you could actually use some people, had, because open source had written... Uh, VOD system mm-hmm. uh, plugins, so you right. could essentially use your PC to watch stuff <laughs> on a an IP network by right. spoofing the set or box. You didn't actually need one, so because a lot of IP TV systems don't actually use any security, they just mm. use network control. Mm. So once you're, I guess, free of the network and you're inside someone's house, then they don't know who it is yeah, watching it. So it can be, it be a set top. Mm. Yeah, so that's that. Um, we talked quite a bit here and there about 3D mm-hmm. and those clever guys at Optoma who are using uh, TI's DLP chips mm-hmm. have announced a, I don't know if they say Optoma's new projectors will enable 3D imagery from a single projector. That's cool. How do you um, do that on a projector though? Because isn't part of the thing 
being able to um, use different polarization based on different frames? No, no, no. I mean, that's one way of doing it, but you can also have shutters as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can, if you can, um, if you can overdrive the projector to do like 120 hertz, mm-hmm. which you can do in a DLP projector because it's little physical mirrors. In an LED one or LCD, you can't do it because it's difficult to to flash the um, the LEDs fast enough. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you can turn half of them on mm-hmm. and display the left eye. Then you turn the other mm-hmm. half on and display the right eye, or you display all of them left and all of them right, mm-hmm. and you just do it really quickly. Right. So there's like checkerboard for this. Oh, I see. If right. you use half of them, or you can do um, all of them in, in double frame rate. So. And the TVs are being sold now, which are 3D ready okay. because they say that they can drive them faster. And then what you need to have is some, uh, like an IR blaster or RF blaster mm-hmm. to sync up with some specs, which I've got to have um, the shutters on. Okay. And this is actually, a, so this is a projector that does that. And that's cool. Yeah. And certainly I thought about this when I bought my home cinema projector. I thought, you know, I'll get, wait for the 1080p ones to drop in price. Mm-hmm. And then 3D is going to come out probably, I guess, 2010. Mm-hmm. Sure, we probably CES this year then the price is going to drop because essentially it's probably going to be like double 1080p res- resolution. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of bandwidth, isn't it? Well, or 1080i is the other way. If you just drive it fast, then it's... Mm, okay. Beast. Um, okay. Ten- it's kind of 1080i P60. <laughs> well, 1080i, but 60 frames yeah, per second. Yeah. It gives you the equivalent of 1080p 30. So. Mm, cool. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll um, hopefully get I mean, a chance to see that. That's interesting because I've certainly seen uh, more companies getting involved in 3D and mm. and this is the challenge with anything like this. Just like with HD, it's all about the whole supply chain from cameras, editing, uh, delivery, and then finally being able to display it at home on a TV. Exactly. Mondo. Cool. I just bought my Hannah Montana 3D DVD. <laughs> Might be there at home tonight. Really? Ready for my nieces to watch for the weekend. There we go. That'll be fun. Um, <clears throat> cool. um, other news. Uh, Google. Mm. Um, which is a bit weird. This um, Chrome OS targeting netbooks. I must confess, um, what what I was really kind what? of asking with this is, what what are they really saying here? I mean, they've got... They've got a version of Linux that boots a browser, which to me sounds mm. like Linux and a browser, uh, and they're calling it OS, which is kind of a, like... <sighs> yeah, well, I mean, there are some competitors in this space. I don't know if you've seen... Because you've got a netbook, right? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, Does that come with Splashtop or Hyperspace? I think it's here. Uh, it's too I mean, it comes with Linux and it boots up a desktop, which... Has a browser on it. I mean, yeah, I don't call okay. that anything different. <laughs> well, I know there's a couple of these. One's from a company called Phoenix, mm-hmm. and it's called Hyperspace. And another one's from a company called Device VM called Splashtop, which mm-hmm. is a, you know, quickly boot up, come online in seconds, and it's got, you know, Skype, mm-hmm. Facebook, right. Firefox. So I don't, yeah, I don't quite know where Google's coming mm-hmm. from on this. I mean, my netbook boots in, I'll have to check, but I think it's like 15 seconds, which is... Which is completely completely fine compared to Vista or even XP in terms of boot time. Sure. Um, but uh, if, if you can get that down for a couple of seconds, um, cool. That's that's great. If that's what it is, but it does seem a bit. Maybe it's more of a, a Chrome booster than anything else. But and also, there's been a few thoughts about Eric Schmidt. There uh, mm-hmm. is his COO, I think, isn't he? Because he sits on Apple's board that's and right, saying, yeah. you know, you can't. How can you, you know, promote a conflicting OS? <laughs> so he's um, so we'll mm, let me just see how that turns out yeah so it's it's a lot of noise at the moment no one's quite mm-hmm. sure what it is and it's there's very I had, a, I had a look at the Google um, Chrome blog yeah 
it's very sketchy <laughs> very sketchy um but, then, but uh, i guess also the other thing they announced is they've moved uh, google chrome out of beta mm. and gmail so. out of beta which has been mm. beta for five years so um, opening the road to charging for it i suppose to make up the deficit for youtube yeah pretty much um so that's cool now content there's been quite a lot of content news there's really, hasn't quite there? a lot of content um a few things that uh, that i picked up on this week and uh, there's, there's a report like this you know these reports out every week but uh, some of them mm. some of them have some interesting things to say uh and and what it's saying is that about a fifth of people who watch a video online i mean i know mm. this is common sense but a fifth of um, people who watch video online watch less TV as a direct result of watching online video. Is that because they haven't invented the time machine to have more hours <laughs> in the day? That's right. But uh, but I guess what we're saying here is that the online video thing where, you know, this and all the major networks in the US now have their own video portal like ABC and so on. So mm-hmm. the people that are watching video there are watching less TV. They're not watching more content overall. So this uh, the online video is actually eating the pie it's not making the pie bigger so that's, well, that's for 20 percent for one fifth of the audience mm, yeah i don't know what the other 80 percent are doing maybe something else <laughs> maybe they're doing something else hmm. still uh, as new- and short form genres dominated eight of the top 10 things well i think we could have because that's i guess that yeah where it's all coming from so it, I mean, it's obviously it's common sense, you know, people, there's, le- there's only so many hours in the day if people mm-hmm. are watching online stuff, you know, unless they're watching it whilst they're mobile in place they couldn't watch TV, mm-hmm. it's bound to impinge mm-hmm. upon TV viewing. So, I mean, uh, uh, Nielsen says that 98.8% of all video is still watched on a TV, uh, 1.1% on the internet, which, let's face it, that's nothing, and 0.1% via mobile phones, so that's a so next real probably see. You know, online viewing grows by 300% in one year, which means it'll be 3.3%. Exactly. So, uh, talking of penetration, in uh, Germany, we've got uh, digital terrestrial hitting the 90% mark now. That's, no, is that 90% in people's homes or is it covering the ground? 90% of the population. But is that homes past, you know, in the cable parts? Actually, it is homes past, in fact. Yeah, so it's like saying... You know, everyone gets to have a sniff of the transmitter. <laughs> well, they've sold 16 million DVB-T uh, set-top boxes. Uh, but no, it says sets. You've got to bear this in mind, mm-hmm. right? Because, again, in Europe, you flog a TV now. Anything over 30 centimetres diagonal must yeah, have integrated terrestrial, in it, right? terrestrial yeah. tuner. Yeah. So mm-hmm. where's this come from? Uh, so the German digital terrestrial user group <laughs> it is <laughs> something like that ah <laughs> oh, James you're so sceptical of everything they're, they're yeah. just trying to say that DVT, <laughs> das überall von Sehen whatever that means That's, it's obviously uh, so good for them um, well uh, yeah so the potential reach is 74 million Germans which is uh yeah, 30% can also watch terrestrial broadcasts inside the home. I'm sure <laughs> what that's what that it's mean? about. Ah, well, okay, so, so much for that report. Yeah, okay, let's tear that yeah. one up. Next one. Um, <laughs> more importantly, um, UK DVD sales plunge. Yeah, now... That must be due to the here? demise of Woolworths, I suppose. I think that's actually um, got a lot to do with it, because they did sell an awful lot of DVDs. I think that was one of their mm. main... You know, you kind of went in there, bought a cheap DVD, and then happened to see a microwave and bought that as well, so... 
Mm. Um, so the Britons might be turning away from the DVD, um, but uh, Blu-ray hasn't quite taken over as yet. Uh, so this. Wonder why they, I mean, I guess it's discretionary spend as well, isn't it? If, yeah. if times are tight, I mean, and this is and like uh, due to the financial situation. Well, I think that inevitably times are tight. Um, there's also a massive amount of discounting going mm. on, um, and you know, every time you go into a supermarket, they they've got the here's the two two pounds for a DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's due to oversupply. Yeah. I guess the factories have still been pumping them out, so. Um, uh, but here it's saying, you know, again, Blu-ray discs, the sales are up 231% yeah. year on year, but then Blu-ray only... <laughs> it wasn't, didn't exist a year ago. Which sounds good, yeah. but it's only 3.1 million during the first six months. still sold 100 million DVDs in the same time. It says the recession was a key factor as well as the demise of certain retailers, Savvy. Mm. I don't think I've ever been to a Zavi shop. No, but they're, they're what the virgin shops turned into. Okay. And that went down the tubes yeah, as well. Down the tubes as well. So, oh. so there's less outlets. Still, 100 million DVDs, three million Blu-ray discs. Do you think if HD DVD had been the winner, we'd have sold more HD content? Do you think? I don't think so. I don't think. Again, we talked. I think last week. I don't think people actually know mm. what it is. To be honest, what what HD is, and it's difficult. I mean, I've, I watch, um, you know, upsampled. DVDs and it's difficult to tell right? because you don't have you know you're never going to be in a situation where you're watching half of it yeah side by side in yeah. one <laughs> side by side you know in the home anyway yeah. um, which is so, so it's and it's yeah it's a tricky thing to tell because mm. um, don't forget DVDs have pretty much got very high bitrate content as well they do actually yeah so um, that's all this the ones I've, I've um, subscribed to Sky HD in the UK so I'll be able to take some uh, I won't get it until the end of the month but uh, cool I'm switch I'm switching broadband providers and I'm going for the full the full match going for the full uh, triple play bundle from the satellite subscriber here in the UK mm-hmm. so um, no doubt that's not going to be pain free um, but I'll I'll get to uh, see how it all works now, I have it on good authority from people within Sky that they actually spend more on on bandwidth and keeping their HD uh, content as good as possible, much better than they reckon in the US. Mm. Um, mostly because in the UK we've had PAL, which is five, seven, six lines and good color since mm. the beginning of time. So to, to make HD look any good compared with that, you really have to uh, keep the keep the amount of bandwidth. Up, yeah. And I must admit, there. that's how I tried, you know, when you phone up to sort of move providers, mm-hmm. They always keep you on the phone for hours and stuff. I just said the reason was because you can't give me high-definition television. <laughs> this is when you can't. Oh, but we can. I said, well, you can't give me high-definition broadcast television. They went, oh, okay, no, we can't. Because <laughs> this is I'm getting it from, this is uh, British Telecom. Yeah, because so you actually you download your, your HD content, don't you? Yeah, you have to, and I tried that once and it took forever and was just outrageous. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, and even when they do start transmitting terrestrial mm-hmm. TV in the UK next year, or the end of this year, in fact, in IDF, yep. it'll be using the new DVB-T2 format. So you'll need a new box. And yeah, BT can't download a new tuner. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. It'll be good to see. You'll be able to at least compare sports and things like that where now they use up to 20 megabits for one wow. channel. Fantastic. That's going to be cool. Yep. So we'll have to uh, hopefully get that. I guess the uh, the ashes will be over by then. Yeah, and um, that's really uh, all. We'll have won once again. No, oh, you'd like to <laughs> think so. Anyway. Um, 
Yeah. What's the other news? Juiced has Juiced. packed it in, haven't they? Yeah. So, uh, Juiced, I mean, this is the company that started off with this great plan of uh, being able to distribute video online uh, by the started up by the guys that uh, developed Skype. Skype, yeah, and it's some peer to peer to peer Uses peer to peer to do that, um, but you know, like we we've, we've all said all the way from the beginning, I think it's all about the content. Exactly. And uh, Hulu has the content, and Juice doesn't have the content. And you know, like when Juice started and had little clips from MTV and a few mm. wacky videos, and it's kind of like, well. Yeah, but why would I watch this? And in the end, no one did. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the brand was well well respected. I think yeah, I think totally. they relaunched as a, a business portal. Yeah, so you can use it as a kind of they're, they're calling themselves a white label video provider. Uh, yeah, so you can uh, use Juiced as your uh, content provider. Mm. But I don't know if they've got any you know super smarts on that as opposed to just using. You know, Silverlight or Adobe or something mm. like that. I mean, quite what they've mm, got there. I guess someone's just trying to rescue some of the investment there for the, yeah. uh, I mean, the investors. I mean, the numbers say it all, really. In, in May, Juiced had 643,000 unique visitors, um, which <laughs> might sound good, but it's, then YouTube had 76.4 million unique visitors. That's and, rubbish, though. And Hulu had 8.2 million, so whichever way you measure it, measure it it's... Uh, that's, I mean, even, you know, startup websites are getting that many visitors. Yeah. <laughs> Most weird. Um, okay. Um, I've got a little bit of mobile kind mm-hmm. of news, um, as well as obviously I'm eager to use the new apps from Sky, have some iPhone apps as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was visiting Japan earlier in the year, I saw um, one of the guys was reading his, his uh, newspaper on his iPhone. Right. Uh, on his actually is his, uh, not his iPhone because it didn't hadn't launched it there, but the um, iPod Touch. Uh-huh. Um, and I learned today that uh, Dentsu are launching uh, what, a Maga store right. to have mag- all the magazines. Oh, I guess they're right, a bit like um, to be able to basically download soft copies of magazines onto your iPhone or iPod See, Touch. That's a cool idea because I don't the read. whole magazine market hasn't really um, haven't done anything really clever with that online. I mean, most exactly. magazines so I mean, I think it's have, a, have a website, but it'd be really yeah. nice to be able to take your magazine with you. There were lots of sort of proprietary readers and things for magazines mm-hmm. where it was like a not a PDF, so it wasn't particularly portable. Right. But certainly this guy in Japan I was working with, I mean, every day he just, when he was in his hotspot waiting for his train, he'd mm-hmm. download the, the newspaper. And newspapers are still very popular in Japan. Mm-hmm. So he'd, he'd, he'd pay for it as a subscription, mm-hmm. I think. Or maybe they were doing, you know, you could try it for a while and when they've got people addicted, they would then kick in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they're charging about a dollar for a magazine. That's right, I'd do that. $5, $5 to get the app in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, magazines these days, are, these days are actually quite expensive. And they're full of ads, aren't they? Yeah, so, they are. I mean, sometimes yeah. you buy them for the ads, but... <laughs> but the printing cost must be quite high. So, yeah, exactly. And it's quite good with a, with a touch screen if you can pinch and things like that. Um, it's quite handy. It's quite easy to look at them. So Yeah, nice one. That um, sounds great. So well done, Dentsu. And they do have plans to apparently bring the same model uh, to the UK as well. So, uh, uh, well, Europe as well. I mean, I guess that's um, some of the larger publishing houses could, mm-hmm. could well do the same. And the new iPhone 3 gives you the ability to have buy things from within mm, within uh, applications as well themselves, so, yeah, yeah oh, that's yeah, fantastic so. that sounds great mm. I'd definitely do that um, have you done any gaming recently uh, nope no gaming for me I'm trying to think have I uh, someone gave me a game actually at the weekend I got a um, mm. a Wii game which is about shaking your maracas or something <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they gave it to me because it was rubbish. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> maybe I'll uh, 
fired up at the weekend. Beware of friends can... giving free Wii games, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably rubbish. Um, but more interestingly, mm-hmm. um, I came across a YouTube clip, which you'll have to find in the, uh, in the, show, uh, notes. the show notes. In, in um, which I <laughs> often have links, if you haven't explored the show notes, to a lot of things we talk about. Mm-hmm. You can look at the, the sources we got them from. Um, now this, I was surprised to find, I think it was either last week or this week, in... I think it's in Switzerland or something. There's the, uh, or someplace in Germany, I think. There's the, uh, or it could be somewhere in the US, as it says, US RoboCup. Um, but there's a, they have a kind of robot football match. Which I actually watched uh, of the first few minutes of this, and it is truly funny. Like these little robots running around trying to play soccer. It's a bit slow, but <laughs> it's just some of the really moves. Did you see yeah. the standing up move the where the guy fall, they kind great. of run into each other, fall over, and then they do this wacky maneuver to stand up? So. <laughs> I mean, the, the, when these things actually walk around, they look really quite lifelike. Though you know, the arms move back mm. and forth. Um, the, and I don't know if they're remote controlled or whether they're autonomous. I think, I think they're meant to be autonomous, aren't they? Like they're meant to actually play know. soccer in their own right. So, so this is kind of orange ball, and these things are probably about knee height. Um, and they've got arms and legs and a little cute face and, and uh, there's a blue team and a red team and they, they're obviously trying to play soccer. But um, it's, it's the funniest bit when they when they actually go wrong more than anything else. <laughs> you seem to fall over quite a lot. So it's it's really it's really quite amusing. Um, and they can't kick very well. That's the <laughs> the, the kick is rubbish. Um, but, um, which, <laughs> which is actually quite they hard. Do look quite, and they're little humanoid robots as well. They're yeah. not kind of like Robo Wars. So I don't know if they're all the same, but there's clearly... Uh, and I guess it's mainly, you know, universities or college challenges or whatever, but uh, it makes uh, quite amusing watching. It is, and it gives you some idea yeah. about uh, where we're at in terms of understanding, uh, you know, balance and movement and, and as yeah. humans do it quite easily, but for robots, it's a very complex task. Because we do tend to have the old joke that, you know, when the, the Daleks invade, they won't be able to get up the stairs and you <laughs> yeah, know, when the right. robot falls down, and you see all the, the Asimos and things like that, you never see them actually getting up. No. So it was in, the, the most interesting thing for me was to yeah, see the standing see up maneuver. Re- see them recover and yeah, it's actually quite yeah. a cool way they do it and sometimes they have to do it in quite quick succession because uh, they don't last very long on their feet but uh, yes. very very mm. funny so def- definitely worth view mm. so check out the show notes um, so I guess that kind of probably wraps it up a little shorter for uh, one one mm. one indeed so do um, send us any ideas hints or whatever you've got news to feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com that would be great We'd love to hear from you and tell your friends, write a review on iTunes and uh, see you or listen to us next time. It's goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from me, Ian. Bye. Bye. <laughs>